Well, good evening. Welcome to the Psychic Coffee Shop. How you doing? I'm Ace tonight. Of course, for tonight is the Techie with Rest is Techie Jeff. How are you, darling? I'm doing pretty good. Um, it has been a nappy afternoon, I have to say. It, it yeah. It has. This weather's been. getting to me. It is. It is. You know, we're All in right. that weird zone of, you know, heat. Cold, hot, warm, rainy, dry. Well, like, you know, high fronts, low fronts, back and forth. Let's oscillate them. Those of us who have sinus issues are going, what the fuck, man? It's May. That's what the fuck. Basically, basically. So, yeah. Oh, Hello, Miss Brenda. Hello, David. How are you all? Hope you all stop me Hope you're having a good cup of coffee, good cup of tea. Yeah, sinus headaches are bound. Um, yep. We have felt that out. That has been fun. That was interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm not quite at sinus headache as much as I'm just at that, like, uh-huh. Just that general uh, feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, poor Shannon's been up since 5 a.m. Oh, my gosh. Shannon, what are, what are you doing up since 5? That's an ungodly side of I, You know, there is that. Yeah. 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 Like, that's usually about when he goes to bed. Yeah. But, you know. Oh, monster number one had to be in Charleston for an MRI at six. I'm sorry, tiny monster number one had to be in Charleston for an MRI at six. Yeah. (laughs) 5 a.m. is bedtime? Yes. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 5 a.m. is bedtime. Normally it's bedtime. Last night, bedtime came early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very. The psychic made a bad mistake. <laughs> yeah. 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 He didn't see that one coming. Oh, um, no. I thought it, though. It could have took us forever to figure out what the hell. I know, right? Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, um, he he has, um, and, and when we say pain medication, it, it's wild. not like anything industrial. Um, like, it's just, it's a very mild. Um, like, most of your grandmothers would look at it and be like, Psst, yeah, whatever. Like, what do you have? Cramps? Um, <laughs> like, walk it off, you Nancy. In terms of meds. In terms of meds. Yeah. Because um, I know my grandmother was on some high-powered shit at one point, And yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Um, yeah. And it really was kind of like that Jeff Foxworthy joke of, like, I take two of those every morning and, and you know, do the dishes. Walk it off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like I, other generations are built different. I just gotta say, right? Like, mm. yeah, um, I made a mistake. 
and putting my pills together. And I know where I done it because I'm, you know, I have my, I have my first attack and I have my second attack. My first attack's perfect. My second attack, I forgot my pain medicine. Yeah, so he, he forgot that for a few days. Yeah, like three. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I had a crash last night, which happened. Mm-hmm. But it's okay, we made it through. Yeah. So, yeah, so apparently uh, Brenda's dad would have called that candy. Uh-huh. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Now... The same candy he can't take. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I have that in gel form. Yeah. Yeah, if it goes through, like, he takes it so he can be awake and pain-free. I take it, and I'm pain-free. I'm not awake. For days. Um, Yeah, like, it knocks me completely out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, so uh, me taking it is about what happened to him not taking it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I have it in gel form for my back. It's, it's diclofenine. It's, right. it's very mild, mild. Yep. Because I have a rule. No narcotics. We're not doing narcotics until I hit 80. It's kind of like if a Tylenol took a Tylenol. All right. Yeah. 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 You know. Like, that's kind of where it's at. But it does wonders for me. I just can't take it in pill form because it will knock me for a loop. Right. <laughs> Dad, high tolerance. Mom, Advil doctor out. <laughs> yeah, Brenda, I'm there. I'm there. <clears throat> like, I'm always a Benadryl away from being a stupid valley girl. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's the sad part, is not only does Benadryl make me sleepy. Right. And, and I do mean very sleepy right. um, and a lot of sleep. Um, then I wake up the next morning and I can't figure out why I'm so sluggish. And, and, and I just spend the whole morning like only right. for it to finally start to wear off. And then I'm like, oh, no wonder I'm so dumb today. I took Benadryl last night. Right. Like, well, if you want to jump into the story, I'll jump into the coffee. Okay. Yeah. Do what now? I'll go. I'm bringing coffee. Orders up. Okay. All righty. So yay. But no. Um, I, I have the worst time with like Benadryl. Um, really, truly, you could roofie me with Benadryl. That's all I'd need. Just one. Just one. Um, because yeah, no, I'm out of it, and then I'm dumb as a brick. The whole like, and it's always. Like, I'll take it that night, and then it's got to be, like, 3 or 4 o'clock the next day in the afternoon before I'm, like, it wears off, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's what's wrong with me. Um, oh, no. Oh, Devin. Devin got IV drips during chemotherapy, and it made her drunk. Oh, Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. That sucks. Um, but yeah, no, no. Benadryl and I don't get along. Not at all. Mm-mm, no. But I have weird reactions to meds. Like 
some things uh, like some things I'm like any other patient and it's not a problem. And then other things it's like, here's the weirdest symptoms you could possibly have or side effects you could have with this. And there I am. Um, like these are my people. So yeah, it's weird. It really is. Um, but yeah, so yay, he's getting us coffee. He's going to be our little in-home barista this evening um, and and bring us coffee on delivery. Um, so table service, yay. Oh, that's why you can't drive home after chemo because of all the Benadryl they pump in. Oh, seriously? That's the reason? Yeah. Like, okay. Well, that answers a lot of questions, actually. I used to drive someone to their chemo appointments, and I kept wondering. So, okay, that makes more sense. I, like, yeah. So, no, I was I was wondering what that whole deal was. Well, I, like, I got it in terms of, but I didn't know that's what they were doing. Okay, wow. It's a whole bag of it? That's a lot of Benadryl. Like, I, like, you just have to leave me there after the, after my appointment until my next appointment. Like, there's no way. Like, you pump me full of that much Benadryl, I, mm -mm, I'm not moving. Like, I would be sleeping beauty. Like, you just have to leave me at the center until, like, my chemo was over. Like, over, over. Like, there'd be no point to take me home. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be out for a week. Well, you could just do home chemo, because I can do an IV. You know, I sometimes you want to get out. Uh-huh. Like, even if you can't remember it and you were asleep at the time. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely say you slept a lot. Uh-huh. Oh, but yay for your mom and sister. That is absolutely awesome. Yes. All right, so you brought the first news story. You bring it up. Oh, what did I send first? The Republican. Oh yes, this is a good one. Y'all love this one. Um, so... it's a lovely one. Um, I just have to get over to it. All right, so Republican who called drag shows a threat to kids quits after sex with intern. Oh, you can't make it up. Um, so Texas lawmaker gave alcohol to intern 19 and another young staffer and had sex with intern when she was intoxicated. A Republican Texas state lawmaker who once proposed banning children from attending drag shows to supposedly shield them from being groomed for abuse has resigned after he was found to have engaged in inappropriate sexual contact with a 19-year-old intern. Brian Slayton, 45, resigned on Monday while facing mounting calls from the state's Republican Party 
and conservative groups to step down. A state house investigation last week determined that he supplied alcohol to the intern and another young staffer, had sex with the intern after she became intoxicated, and later showed her a threatening email while saying everything would be fine if she kept quiet about the encounter. House investigators noted as well that Slayton had asked a fellow lawmaker to keep his behavior secret. The chairperson of the investigation panel, Texas State Representative Andrew Muir, said he still planned to call for a vote to expel Slayton because he remains an officer of the legislature until a successor is elected and sworn in. Um, so Slayton's re uh, resignation letter did not address the allegations against him, which his attorney had previously called outrageous and false. Oh, Slayton said it had been an honor to serve in the legislature and thanked his colleagues. I look forward to spending more time with my young family and will continue to find ways to serve my community and all citizens across our great state, he wrote. Um, now, I, I'm going to skip forward because it really does kind of just keep like mm -hmm. bashing him for a little bit. But, 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 um, my favorite par part of this one in its entirety, um, yeah, so let me get to the exact right point. Okay, so one of the young women drank enough to vomit and the others were intoxicated enough to become dizzy and experienced split vision, investigators said. Two of them eventually left, but the intern stayed. According to investigators, she told her friends Slayton uh, uh, drove her home the next morning, stopping at a drugstore so she could obtain emergency contraception. Slayton at one point proposed to penalize the use of emergency contraception, including what is known as the Plan B pill. Besides his proposed ban on children attending drag shows, he also drew attention for seeking a vote on whether Texas should secede from the U.S. Texas. 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 Come on. Yeah. Like, well, more importantly, Texas Republicans. Come on. Come on. You're, this dude, and I know, I know, I know, you've been calling for him to step down. Mostly because he got caught. Um, but let's review. He's basically a groomer slash, you know, uh, 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 borderline rapist. No, he's a rapist because, yes, it is rape if you have sex with someone that's incapacitated. He is a groomer because he did... Um, Supply alcohol to a minor. Mm -hmm. Crawls disruptive behavior to a minor. Yeah, and, and, and but worried about those drag queens. Got to watch out for the drag queens because uh -oh. they're they're grooming children. No, apparently you got to watch out for the Texas legislature. They're the ones grooming children. Yeah. Um, but then. In your pro-family values, you know. Hayes, um, he stopped at a drugstore so she could get Plan B. Uh -huh. 
while championing for her to be fined and jailed for the same use. Y'all. Y'all. Really? That's... I mean, can we just talk about the the insanity that is conservative values at this point? Like, you you really want to legislate the the you know reproductive rights for women? Um, you either got to be on board with taking cons- you know accepting the consequences for your actions, mm-hmm. um, as you put it conservatives like she spread her legs as you would say so whatever should come of that should be just right and good and proper why did you stop at a drugstore why'd you stop stop at a drugstore so that means your values really aren't your values Oh, but no, that was, that was, that, that, that one, that was one. Oh, let's see. There's also another great little tidbit of information uh, about uh, this, this representative. Um, oh, I wonder how young his family is. Because he doesn't look young in the picture. Well, that doesn't mean you don't have like a twenty-five-year-old wife, you know. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, so Slanton's uh, or Slayton's legislative biography describes him as holding values and principles formed by church and family gatherings. It also cites his degrees from a Baptist seminary. And work as a youth minister before he was elected to represent his Dallas area district in 2021. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like there may be more women that come forward. Because you cannot tell me that was the first time. As a youth minister, that that he has supplied someone underage, or women specifically, that are underage, um, alcohol, and then taking advantage of them while they were intoxicated. I, I'm I'm sure that the stop off at you know a drugstore for Plan B probably isn't new to him either. Like I I I wonder how deep that ra- this rabbit hole goes. Oh, he's only been married for three years. And they have Aww. a son. Yeah, I found his campaign site, which is scary. Okay, uh, and how young's the wife? Um, Comparatively, because... What's oh, 21? it's a December relationship, easily. Oh, like I, like I could sit here like, well, and I basically was sitting here calling it is there's no way Mm -hmm. three year marriage. Yeah. She's going to be young. 
Mm -hmm. She's going to be a baby. Most likely stay with her man. Mm, yeah, most likely. At least till the money runs out. I'm just, I'm just saying. Oh, well, we have a question, so we're going to take and go and find the information. Oh, yes. So, let's see. Charmin. His wife's name is Charmin. Yes. Not like the tissue paper, but that's how you would say it, is like the tissue paper? Right. Oh. Let's see. Oh, no, come on. Why does he have a Wikipedia page? Probably because of this, or, you know, the uh, uh, different legislation he's proposed has made him one of those, like, who the hell are you? Ah. It's sometimes why you get a Wikipedia page is because people are like, who the hell are you? So he divorced in April of 20. Uh, okay. So he was, he married in 2017 to his second wife. Um, and who filed for divorce in April of 22, then withdrew it in November of 22. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Let's look at it another way. Like I'm trying to find out. No, can't find her at all. Not a thing. No idea. Figured that would at least get an age. But no, we got nothing. So, yeah, let's see. GH Space, hello, how are you? What we got? So he married her in seventeen, entered politicism in twenty eighteen.
so apparently, um, sorry, his Wikipedia page has even more. The committee stated that, uh, that according to testimony, Slayton had showed his aide an email that said, quote, I know you're sleeping with a staffer. Can you really trust those 20-year-old girls? She owns you now. Slayton's aide testified that the email made her re really fearful that I would personally lose my job, and the Slayton told her everything would be fine. Everyone involved just has to stay quiet. Slayton's aide testified her belief that the email came from Slayton's financial services email account. Oh, goodness. Oh! So him and his lawyer didn't argue that he didn't do it? It's that uh, the complaints against him should be rejected because the alleged behavior occurred in Slayton's home, not in Slayton's workplace. Because apparently where you, you take advantage of someone matters. Um, what? Yeah. <sighs> Well, it looks like it's a cover thing. Oh. As in, you know, it's like trying to find out the invisible assistance information. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Oh. Yeah, that's just... I'm sorry, it's just the layers. Oh, so other fun bills. Yeah. Yeah, let's see what we else we've got. So, you know, ban drag show or minors from drag shows. Um, secession from the U.S. Oh, and he is a youth minister. He was a lawmaker and a youth pastor. Yeah. Yeah, at the same time. Meaning he didn't leave one job to do the other job. Oh! Yeah, he's yeah. still currently serving as a youth pastor. Mm -mm. I, I think if I were running that church, I might ponder... Whether this is uh, uh, a really good idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but you know, this was this wasn't his day job. Just to remember, guys, he works for his brother's small business, Slayton Financial Services. I just, I'm sorry, you do that to another human being. I, I don't know how one is supposed to trust you with their money. Right. That's just me. That's just me. I would be a little hesitant. But that's just me. Because mm -hmm. I'm sorry, they're, they're like, when you start getting into financial services, and I don't know, maybe it's just business to business. Maybe he doesn't meet with people. Maybe it's just a business thing. But uh, if we're talking about, you know, 
there's there's also a potential let's take advantage of little old ladies because you don't care about the other human beings. Right. Yeah. Like, no. I'm sorry. Like, this dude sounds like trash. This dude is trash. Just a little. Just a little. Just a little. Yeah. This is why we should have a full dossier on people that come to run for a legislator so that the informed voters can be fully informed. I mean, because this isn't stuff in his past. Right. This this is like he um, like and more importantly, I think maybe if they dug into his past a little bit. Now, what what is interesting is uh, July fourteenth, twenty twenty, Slayton defeated Flynn, the uh, person he was running against, mm-hmm. by a twenty two point margin in the Republican primary runoff, forcing the incumbent into a runoff election. Uh, Slayton ran to uh, uh, Flynn's right. Slayton criticized Flynn for unnecessary and superfluous spending. He sent out mail which pointed out Flynn's campaign-funded lifestyle expenses, such as nearly $14,000 in spending on cookies and using his campaign fund to pay for a Netflix subscription. I don't know. I think you could justify that, couldn't you? I would. Like $14,000 in cookies. I don't think any one individual is eating $14,000 in cookies. That kind of sounds like a campaign expense. Right. Like, a, you know, for food and drinks and stuff at an event. Right. And a Netflix subscription? Uh, I yeah. could probably... Yeah. The campaign needed something to warm uh, warm up the audience. Right. You know what I mean? Like, hold on to a Netflix subscription. Like, do you want to log... Do, would you personally... Like, in that time that you're sitting there in an auditorium or wherever, um, you know, audiovisual space with a stage, would you really want to sit there with nothing... Why not have some entertainment? But do you really want to log in on your personal account for that? Yeah. No. No. I'm not saying that's what happened with his, uh, uh, the person he defeated, but I'm just saying, I think you could argue better on the damn expenses than that. Yeah. <clears throat> that they might not be as crazy as they sound. Right. But there we are. But no, it is definitely a younger uh, wife situation. Second wife, of course. Yeah. I'm the first wife either. Like, they've made all their socials private, like good little wife should. Mm-hmm. Every since his, you know, Paige is, you know, discussing how much of a grimmer he is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I figure, like, judging by photos, though, she she's probably maybe 10 years younger, though. She she's not the the perky little twenty something I figured. No, he was she's probably like thirty five. Yeah, I thought he was taking a page from Newt Gingrich's book, where the wives just keep getting younger. <laughs> well, you know that's what Newt has done forever. You know, you know, gets cancer, trade him in for another model. Yeah. 
you know, following yeah. the new Again, lovely Republican with great family values. Oh, of course, you know. Oh, the wife said chemo, have all her stuff moved out of my house. Yeah. yeah. You know, again, great family values. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it just seems like such a, a double speak to say that. Right. Um, anymore at this point, like I'm just sitting here, like family values seems like such double speak for like being a horrible person. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just me. That's just me. I'm just saying, like, yeah. But, but let's anyhow on to other Republican news. I'm, no go away, no go away. And we'll go on up to New York. New York's a good place to go to. You know, the oh. jury is in. Oh, the jury is in. Yes. There we go. So, <laughs> Eugene Carroll's win against Trump provides a roadmap for other victims. There are plenty of historic firsts in this case. And historic first paved the way for the seconds and the thirds. Defamation cases aren't just about what people said. They're also about what people did. And sometimes a single legal case isn't just about that case. It is about all the cases that will come after it. Since April 25th, an anonymous jury in Manhattan courtroom uh, an anonymous jury in a, a Manhattan courtroom has heard journalist E. Jean Carroll's lawsuit against former uh, President Donald Trump alleging defamation and battery. On Tuesday, the jury found Trump liable for defamation and sexual abuse, though not liable for her alleged rape, and awarded Carroll $5 million. Um, so Carol was able to allege battery, which in this case means sexual assault, thanks to an unusual law. She accused Trump of raping her in the 1990s outside New York statute of limitations. But last year, the state passed a law creating a one-year window for victims of sexual offenses to file civil suits, even if the statute of limitations had expired. Not all alleged victims whose charges fall outside the statute of limitations will be able to count on such temporary measures, but they could find a path to justice in the other half of Carol's allegations, defamation. Her defamation case hinges on Trump's denial of her allegations. The former president, in a typically vile denial, said Carol's case was a hoax and a lie and a complete con job. He also repeated a claim he made previously that he didn't rape Carol because she's not his type. This is, of course, a curious defense, particularly when Trump confused Carol with his second wife, Marla Maples, who, as Trump confirmed under oath, was his type because he married her. <sighs> Truth is a complete defense to a claim of defamation. Therefore, while this defamation case played out in a civil courtroom, not a criminal one, part of this case was about whether the jury believed Carol when she said Trump raped her or believed Trump when he said he did not. In this way, Carol's case provides a roadmap for other alleged victims 
whose claims may be too old for criminal charges, but can still play out in a court of law and obtain legal remedies. Defamation cases, therefore, are a backdoor way of litigating claims of sexual assault, even if not in a criminal courtroom. This almost happened when seven women accused Bill Cosby of sexual abuse. Cosby, like Trump, denied those charges and called the women liars. That case settled, but if it had gone to trial, it would have brought up legal questions similar to the ones at issue in Carol's suit. Um, so yeah, Carol's defamation claim, like all other defamation claims, is based on when Trump uttered his alleged defamatory statements, not when he allegedly assaulted her. Therefore, even though the time for criminal charges for the allegations have, has expired, the defamation claim helped ensure that Carol has still had her day in a, a court. Now, you know, they're going to appeal this. They're going to do this. They're going to try to pursue the judge to rattle it. Um, but no, this is one suit down. And I think he's got like 27 more. It Does any... Like, I, I feel like we, we need a counter. Mm -hmm. Just a website, like, lawsuitsleftagainsttrump.com to just run a counter. Like, you pull up the webpage and it just has a number. Because it's hard to keep track. How many lawsuits can you be in at once? Well, hello, business. Well, that was April 4th. But with Trump, it's sort of like asking how many licks to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Roll pop. There is apparently a litigation tracker pending criminal and civil cases against Donald Trump. Nice! See? I don't have bad ideas. I'm just late to the party. Uh-huh. So he's... There's two... Here you go. It's coming to you. Oh, I've just found it. Okay. I think. Oh, yeah. Send it on. Oh, no. I was at the right place. So, yeah. Welcome to uh, justsecurity.org. Oh, so, yeah. They're having fun with that. So, so 23. Oh, well, this one is even a little bit harder mm -hmm. um, because it's not exactly showing a counter. It's just a, a collection. Yeah, but I'm looking at 23 with updates pending. So 23 active cases. Well, yeah, and some of these, though, have been closed. Right. So, yeah. Oh, good grief. And I wonder how many of those are just closed because they got swept into another case. <clears throat> but yeah, no, it's it's gotten a little crazy. <clears throat> but no, can you imagine there was a, a potentially at one point he woke up one morning with 23, 23 different legal cases pending in courts of law. Right. Against him. Like, how do you, like, like, that's two full law firms. Yeah. 
Like, I don't know how you, like, you could not possibly have one uh, law firm just handle this. No. Like, you can't have just one attorney handling all this, can you? 23 separate, mostly independent or right. or effectively independent, because, right. you know, yeah, no, that's insane. Oh, um, AZ Central is saying that Donald Trump's third decade, he has 4,095 lawsuits. Uh-huh. Well, you know, I think after you break a thousand, you just have to look at someone and go, good job. Good job. What else do you say? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, 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 new record, new record. Like, is that what you're going for? Most, most lawsuits ever filed against a single human as a Guinness book of world records. I wonder if that actually is a category. I mean, Guinness Book got a little weird there for a while. Okay, well, let's see. That's the other way around. So Jonathan Lee Riches isn't in uh, the Guinness Book of World Records listing. However, he still holds the unofficial record for filing over 2,600 lawsuits since 2006. Some reports even state that he may have filed up to 4,000 lawsuits. Most of Rich's lawsuits have been filed in federal district courts across the country. Yeah, no, I want the other way. That's the world's most litigious man. Mm -hmm. Um. Oh, and then he sued the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> I I have to golf clap that. Like, what else do you do? Imagine the no. It looks like he self represents. Uh-huh. Makes it even more fun. So um, literally, I think you're just down to the the filing fees. Which even at that, like you really wouldn't have to win all that many to to at least pay your filing fees. Mm, mm. Oh, so USA Today back in 2016 said Trump's 3,500 lawsuits unprinted, uh, unprecedented for a presidential nominee. Mm-hmm. 2016, 3,500 lawsuits. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, but Brenda, he doesn't pay his lawyers. That's why he gets lawyers like Rudy Giuliani that is now suing him for his legal fees. So there's How that can you be now. involved in 150 bankruptcies? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, third party or other. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. You know, that. But, you know, he's following the mind bossers um, bankruptcies theory. Well, but no, the other way is where he's the creditor. Yeah. Um, so I'd say what he's doing is in, in some of the situations where he has like a tenant mm-hmm. filed bankruptcy, he 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 lists as a creditor. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, but still. But still. Uh, All right, so let's move over to the... Since we're in New York, we might as well go over to the representative. 
because this is a follow-up story. Oh, goody. Yeah, guys, we're basically doing a lot of follow-up because some things have come to light today. Oh, yeah. Like, it's been a fun Mercury in retrograde, hasn't it, peoples? So exclusive Representative George Santos charged by Justice Department and federal probe. Oh, federal prosecutors have filed criminal charges against New York Rep. George Santos, the Republican lawmaker whose astonishing pattern of lies and fabrication stunned even hardened politicos. According to three sources familiar with the matter, Santos is expected to appear as soon as Wednesday at federal court in New York's Eastern District, where the charges have been filed under seal. The exact nature of the charges couldn't immediately be learned, but the FBI and the Justice Department public integrity prosecutors in New York and Washington have been examining allegations of false statements in Santos' campaign finance filings and other claims. The congressman's attorney declined to comment. Spokespeople for the Brooklyn U.S. Attorney's Office, um, sorry, I had a pop-up ad, the Justice Department and the FBI declined to comment. A spokeswoman for Santos, uh, Naza Woomer, would not respond to shouted questions from reporters Tuesday afternoon and abruptly departed. Pardon? They can't. It's under seal. Well, yeah. And well, yeah, because you don't. Well, and especially in that situation, do you really want to sit there and potentially give them more leads? Right. Like, this could be about his tax evasion. Right. Wait, he was evading taxes? Like, you know, like, there's, what do you say? You just, like, you don't want to walk in and show your hands. Right. Um, so, yeah, would not respond to shouted questions from reporters Tuesday afternoon and abruptly departed the congressman's D.C. office with her backpack when asked about the federal charges against him. Prior to her departure from the office, CNN witnessed three staffers for Santos abruptly depart with their bags. They wouldn't talk when pressed for comment. The freshman congressman uh, who was elected last year to represent a district that includes parts of Long Island and Queens has been under investigation in multiple jurisdictions and by the House Ethics Committee. Mm-hmm. Top Democrats, joined by some New York Republicans, have <clears throat> been calling on Santos to resign over allegations ranging from criminal behavior on the campaign trail to petty personal dishonesty stretching back more than a decade. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said he will look at the charges before determining if he thinks Santos should be removed from Congress. I'll look at the charges, the California Republican told CNN on Tuesday. During his brief time in office, Santos has been accused of breaking campaign finance laws, violating federal conflict of interest laws, stealing cash meant for an Iraq war veteran's dying dog, masterminding a credit card fraud scheme, and lying about where he went to school and work. Santos has admitted to making some misleading claims about his education and financial status, but continues to deny the more serious allegations. Um, So, yeah, during his victorious campaign last year, Santos ran, uh, according to the Republican midterm playbook, hammering his Democratic opponent over crime and inflation. The message resonated in the New York suburbs, where GOP candidates flipped four seats on their way to winning a narrow House majority. But as Santos passed came under closer scrutiny, with large chunks of his official biography revealed to be conjured from nothing, 
he increasingly adapted the persona of a right-wing troll. He played up his support for former President Donald Trump and once claimed that Democrats were, quote, trying to ban toilet paper. Oh, Santos faces some pressure from his party. Uh, New York Republicans have sought to distance themselves from Santos, insisting they knew nothing about his shadowy past and some reportedly urging him to leave office. Quote, I reiterate my call for George Santos to step down, New York Rep. Mike Lawler said in a a statement. Lawler flipped a Democratic-held seat north of New York City last year and is expected to face a a serious challenge in 2024. Republicans from more conservative districts were less explicit. Uh, New York Rep. Nicole um, uh, Maliotakis told CNN, I'm not surprised. I understand this is where it was headed, but stop short of asking Santos to resign. <laughs> oh, it just goes on. It goes on terribly. Yeah, so the cracks in Santos' facade first made national headlines in late December 22 when the New York Times published a long investigation that questioned large chunks of the personal story he sold to voters during the campaign. What followed, though, was uh, was often stranger than fiction. A seemingly endless string of new revelations ranging from allegations he stole a dog from an Amish dairy farmer to his own past claims, all false, of playing high-level college volleyball. As the stories piled up, former friends and associates of Santos began to come forward and share stories claiming he had ripped them off or misled misled them about his financial and uh, professional situation. A former roommate of the congressman told CNN earlier this year that Santos showed signs of delusions of grandeur during their time living together. The truth has finally came out, said Gregory Maury Parker, who has accused Santos of stealing his scarf, an allegation like so many others that Santos denies. I'm sorry, this just gets weirder and weirder. Well, it's just totally weird. It's like this dude got elected to office on a book of lies. Like, Funko Pop, can you please make him a bobblehead with troll hair? Yes, long troll hair that we can, like, (laughs) comb and style. And a scarf! And a scarf! Like, steal the scarf off of, like, any of, really, of Harry the, um, no, well, Harry Potter, ooh, ooh, you could do a mixed line, uh, Harry Potter stolen co- uh, scarves and Doctor Who sto- stolen scarves. Yeah. And you would have a whole, like, delineated, right. yeah, it'd be great. Well, apparently you can make, um, your own pop top, uh, pop top or whatever. Bobblehead. Bobblehead. At the factory, if you take the tour. Ooh, really? Yeah. Okay, I kind of want to go. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I, I like. I'm not trying to become one of those people that has like the 500 unit display. Uh huh. I'm just going. I think this would be fun. Yes. Like, yes. I'm just saying it'd be fun. It would be a whole story, and it would just be hilarious. And see, that's one of those experiences I want to go do. But anyhow, we have to find where their factory's at. I remember, I think it may be out in LA. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it's sort of like I think it would. I I I personally think it would be fun Mm -hmm. if if they made one of um oh god what was her name um oh shoot oh former press secretary um the Aunt Lydia of the White House. Oh, I forget her name. Sanderson something. I don't know. She wasn't there longer enough. Long enough. Uh, I don't um, pay attention to them. Anyway, sorry. I was gonna make a, a whole uh, joke on top of uh, uh, Michelle Wolf's joke that you know they could sell her Funko Pop with you know um, um, eyeshadow made from burning a science textbook. Mm-hmm. You know. Turn facts, uh, burn facts, and make lies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Ah, uh, yes. If Aisin gets the vacation, <laughs> yes, the baristas could. Baristas, remember to message me if you're coming to Beltane in the Hills. I need to know. All right, so let's hop over and follow up on the Florida Psychic. Oh, how is the Florida Psychic doing? Not well. Oh, I feel so bad for the Florida Psychic. Mm -hmm. Ooh, there's two updates on that one. Oh, goodness. All right, so self-proclaimed Psychic gets more than nine years in Twisted $1 million scam. Oh, self-proclaimed psychic J.C. Wasso was convicted in March in Twisted $1 million scam. Two months later, she was hoping to change her fortune during her sentencing. In a Tampa courtroom Friday, Wasso told the court that she knew her fortune teller days were over and asked for forgiveness for her actions and mercy. Quote, I did not appreciate the seriousness of my actions. Now I realize what I did was selfish and wrong. Wasso was found guilty of stealing money, jewelry, and luxury goods from Tampa businessman Richard Rappaport. Rappaport's then wife, Lynn Halflin, or uh, Halflin, uh, was a client of Wasso. Wasso manipulated her into stealing more than one million in cash and jewelry in November 2019. Um, quote, yes, I fell for it, hook, line, and sinker, said Rappaport. Rappaport, now 80 years old, uh, speaking of uh, the the wealthy husband, uh, told the jury a little more than two months ago that he felt defrauded, manipulated, and lied to. He believed the money was to purchase a condo in St. Petersburg and helping uh, his wife's family in Israel, but it was all a lie. Uh-huh. Uh, prosecutors said the small fortune was going to the fortune teller, uh, which Rappaport said he wouldn't have agreed to. Um, so yeah, she told the jury that Wasso needed the cash and luxury items to protect her from evil spirits, but soon Wasso demanded, uh, one million in cash to scare away her demons. Yeah. 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 She said that she felt very bad energy from me and that that bad energy is, is a curse that comes from generation to generation. Dear gods, please pay attention to these words. 
If someone says you have bad energy, go take a shower. Don't give them a million dollars. Oh, oh, it gets worse. Um, Wasso's uh, attorney, uh, Glenn Lansky, argued she was raised to be a gypsy who is under the complete control of her mother and uh, that told her to earn money. He said Wasso was molested as a child and later physically abused by her husband. He asked for a light sentence of four years. Quote, she was too young to appreciate the consequences, explained Lansky. While prosecutors pushed for a much different sentence of 15 years behind bars, Tampa judge Michael Williams decided nine and a half years was plenty. We're talking about a two-year fraud involving hundreds of thousands of dollars. You saw an opportunity and you took it, explained Williams. Once released from prison, Wasso will serve 15 years probation. One of the conditions include that she won't be allowed to be a psychic ever again. Good. We don't need her. I didn't even know that was a field you could keep someone out of. Other than like the traditional, like they do a background check and like networks won't hire you. Nobody will hire you. I know, but with so many independents. Well, true, true. But, you know, it's one of those, if you're caught, you go back to jail. She'll probably serve four and a half years. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Get 15 years probation. 15 years probation. No. She should never be allowed in a metaphysical store again. Like her picture, she sent to every metaphysical store around with the number of her probation officer. We, you know, you know, I am tired of these cases being the only way to clean up this industry. Yeah, well, because I'm sitting here really struggling with the like she she was just too young. Bullshit. Like I'm sorry, I like I I know prison's hard. I I, I get that. Um, but I'm sorry, in some of these court pictures, she's looking like she is not a baby. No. Um, so I'm trying to understand. Well, she's 26. Yes. I'm sorry, on the stand in some of those pictures, she looks like she's in her 40s. Right. I so okay, she's 26. Yeah. And this was a couple of years before, so 24. Mm-hmm. Ah, I don't know, like, how sheltered must one be? Well, apparently not too sheltered if she was raised in a gypsy, not Romney community. Um, Well, but I mean, in terms of like, mm. the, if the argument is that this is all her her mother's influence, ball. I'm going. That's that's a lot of sheltering for you not to know, like like your mother to be that bad, right? And for the pawn game, in a yeah. pawn game. One, I mean, like, part of she, my culture being blamed for shit. Like if she well, but what I'm saying is if, if she were like 18, 19 years old, I could be, begin to believe that maybe her mother had that much influence over her. Right. You know, like, yeah, maybe. 
Um, that's a possibility, but I don't know how you get to like 24, 25 years old and you're still thinking, oh yeah, this sounds legit. Right. But let's go on the other logical side of this. <clears throat> okay. For it to be a generational curse, that means the person that put the curse on you is still alive and pissed off at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or there's a very dedicated family. Yes. That are like, you know, we're we're just going to like we don't remember what happened. Like, I mean, that would be like the Hatfields and the McCoys of of metaphysics. of, wisdom, of yeah. metaphysics of paganism. Like, no, we're going to spend generations. We don't even remember what started it, but by God, we're going to like finish it. Yes, and keep cursing everybody. Yes. <laughs> I know. I Oh, I mean, that's a lot of hate to carry. I'm not saying it's never happened, i.e. Hatfields and McCoys. I, like, because, I mean, like, because I never can remember if anyone ever did figure out what the, what the hell actually started it. We all know how it ended. Huh? Someone stole a pig. Yeah, but I don't think they even figured out who the hell stole the pig. Well, Hatfoy did, of course. Oh, let's see. I, I'm looking because that this is a Wikipedia article. Um, let's see. The frauds, the feud started over the, the dispute of ownership of two razorback hogs, later escalated Hatford's interest in uh, Roseanne McCoy. So someone stole a pig. Well, effectively, but uh, even if that, it's like, I don't think that's really how it started. Like, I think that was the first legitimate argument. Right. You know what I mean? Like, where, where there was a legal, legitimate argument right. um, to be made of, we don't know, you know, it's my pig. No, it's my pig. Blah, 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 blah. Let's right. go to court. Um, I, I figure something had to originate that level of aggravation with each other right well and like, it was desperation also i mean because we're talking about west virginia virginia at the end of the civil war mm, west virginia and kentucky yeah yeah exactly not only get mad but get mad and remember to shake great grandma's spell jar every day we don't remember why but we got to be mad about it and shake it yes 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 for like what a couple hundred years well like multi-generational so that's more than three generations so that's 60 fucking years yeah I mean, I don't know. We can't seem to get like three generations of compliance for or, or, of of staying in line and just do the thing. We we can't seem to get three generations for running a business. Right. It makes money. Yeah. But apparently like the 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 you know, witchy communities, the 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 metaphysical communities, the pagan communities, Y'all can get together for like 60, 80, 90, 100, 200 years and, and not have like one fuck up in your family that's like, eh, I don't feel like it. Dear? <laughs> How many pagan... Uh, no, no, no. Five years we've been together. 
How many Pegasus did we take destroying a light bulb? What? Don or ran? I'm sorry, what now? How many pagan events have we orchestrated, ran, or done mm -hmm. that there isn't a fuck up in the group? That there isn't, that there's someone to keep it going. Yeah, well, that, and that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I, we, you can't get three, more than three generations to run a business right. Right. Like, how, like, you seriously want me to believe you, you've got like, 200 years or whatever or 60 years of family members without one that's just like no nah, i don't feel like it right oh i don't want to shake the jar right i don't even know what's in the jar this is Furthermore, the degrading of ingredients you that know occurs. this is true like you gotta refresh yes you have to get back into the same like this is the level of bullshit that goes on in this damn right. shit. Okay. If someone tells you you have dark energy, tell them fuck you. If someone says you got a generational curse, go, yes, I know. It's a desire to have hot peppers every day. Get over it. Oh goodness. I'm just yeah. Okay. So like, now that no. my blood pressure's up, we're gonna take on a fun article. From oh, goody. Uh, is that the Chicago one? Yes. Uh, so Chicago Fire season 11 finale. Will a psychic predict someone's death? Uh, Chicago Fire is a pretty grounded show. Anybody who's watched an episode over the last decade plus can attest to that. So it's been interesting to note the synopsis for the upcoming season finale in which one of the characters is spooked by the predictions of a psychic. The synopsis in question reads, Brett waits for life-changing news. Herman encounters a psychic with a grave warning on a call. Kid finds a new lead on the uh, Homeland Security case. Um, so yeah, who died in the Chicago Fire finale? Spooky, right? Herman David uh, Eigenberg is one of the most practical members of the 51, both in terms of experience and general worldview. But the fact that he's been going through so much in his personal life could mean he's more open to this superstitious outlook. Herman's wife, Cindy Robin Coffin, is still undergoing chemotherapy treatments after being diagnosed with cancer early in season 11. And while both of them have put on a brave, uh, brave face on, the emotional toll of these treatments cannot be overstated. Um, so, yeah. 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 So let's answer yeah. this question. Will a psychic predict someone's death in a sitcom, maybe, in real life? Not if they're worth their damn salt of the tarot cards. Well, I mean, okay. Uh, I well, because I just like I don't know. I, I I we get this very mixed view, and and Hollywood really does a number on this. Mm -hmm. Um, like I sincerely believe that of mm -hmm. of trying to make something visually interesting or a story interesting. Uh -huh. Um, and I think there was a phenomenon perhaps in like the eighties and nineties inspired by, 
um, um, unsolved mysteries mm-hmm. uh, that that probably did cause more psychics than normal mm-hmm. looking for you know attention mm-hmm. um, to go and report claims. And I and I use the word psychic loosely there, at least people who wanted fame mm-hmm. and notoriety to go report to police mm-hmm. what you know like future events that hadn't happened yet in in a bid to you know be the first one cool well not only that but there's a lot of bullshit that goes on i do mean mm-hmm. bullshit we have psychics who didn't get asked into a case by the way yes i do i will work <laughs> on cases one it's private so no i'm never going to tell you the cases i've worked on two I only work with lead detectives. I do not work with family members. And three, I only do it pro bono, so get over it. And four, that's all it is. It's never going to be If they violate my ADA, I will prosecute them. NDA. NDA. I will prosecute Well, yeah, and, and that's the other side of it is like, no, really, I don't want attention from this. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-mm, no, I don't want to become the find the dead body psychic. Right. Like, no one wants that. Like, ooh, can you take a look at this case involving what's probably, you know, like, you know, rape, strangle, and kill? Um, Probably not. You, no, I don't want to see that. No, thanks. Right. But, you know, so, but no, I hate when, when am I going to die? When you're done. All right, so we got some commentary coming in here. Oh, so Shannon said you have generational curses. Yeah, it's called preachers as parents in uh, various branches of the family tree. That's uh, Brenda, Brenda says, when told I had a dark cloud, I said, yeah, it's my family. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's some family bashing going on here. <laughs> Uh, so Shannon comes back and says, someone told my mom's cousin that, and she started freaking out, and her preacher mother smacked her with a family Bible and said, God took care of it. I love some good <laughs> curse breaking going on there. Oh, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That's a good one, Shannon. Are we sure that that grandmother who was a preacher also wasn't a practicing preacher? Well, you know. There is that. Um, (laughs) So let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll we'll do your favorite episode. It's Joe the Asshole this week. Oh, my favorite segment. Yes. And then we will get on to relationship advice. Awesome. Hi. This is Sandy Star. I'm a psychic. And I work on Keen. And I have been working on Keen for over 22 years. You can reach me on 01068. I deal with a myriad of subjects, but I do specialize in relationships, marriages, divorces, is he cheating, is she cheating? Whatever the dynamic of the relationship is, I will guide you through. I've got amazing radar for cheaters, so I will tell you the truth if he or she is cheating. I can help with any subject you need me to help you with besides relationships and i look forward to hearing from you again you can reach me through key my extension number is zero one zero six eight 
I really look forward to hearing from you and helping you with whatever you need me to help you with. Hi, I'm Tracy Van. I'm a psychic medium and I work with tarot cards. I also practice Reiki and access bars. I would like to share with you what a reading with me is like. It is a blended reading of psychic and mediumship. And I deliver these messages exactly as they come through. I'm not going to mince words or add any padding. I am a professional, reliable, and honest communicator. I have readings available anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour. You can book a reading with me at tracyvan.com. That's T-R-A-C-Y-V-A-N-N.com. And no, I'll always tell you exactly what you need to hear. Hey everybody, Natalie here from The Pendulum's Path. If you are in need of guidance, direction, spiritual connection, healing, or more, you have come to the right place. I have worked as a psychic and a medium for over three years, connecting people from all over the world with their loved ones, giving them insight and guidance into their current situations, their past healings, their blockages, and what they need to know in order for them to have a better future. It would be my absolute honor if you would come to my website at www.thependulumspath.com, visit my shop. I have a whole bunch of crystals, oils, bombs, mystery boxes, and more. And visit my services. I offer 15-minute, 30-minute, and 60-minute sessions. I also have email readings available if you're not comfortable with the one-on-one session with me or if you just want to try me out. I encourage you to come visit me at the Pendulum's Path and let's get you back on the right track today. Hey everybody, Lady Gwendolyn here from Rowan Temple of Light and I'm here to tell you about our events this summer. First up is Beltane in the Hills, May 13th, and that is from 1 to 6. We have entertainment, we have a bunch of vendors, we have a fairy photo shoot, it's going to be exciting. You have any questions, uh, reach out to Earth Magic or to myself. Um, after that, we have uh, Central West Virginia Pagan Pride, August 19th, that's at Holly Gray Park from 11 to 5 for the day. And we will have Sarah Masters coming down from Pittsburgh to be our keynote speaker. We have some great classes for that. So if you want to get involved, reach out to Rowan Temple of Light at Gmail or just follow us along on Facebook at Rowan Temple of Light. And we look forward to seeing you out in the community. See you there. All right. Welcome back. All right. The poll is already up. So plead your case. All right. Am I the asshole for canceling a vacation because my wife can't pay her share after helping her adult son and ex-husband? My wife, 44 female, makes quite a bit less than me, 45 male, so our joint expenses are split 70-30. For the most part, things like vacations and where we bought a house are decided based on what she can afford but there have been several times I've paid in full for vacations to places I really enjoy and wanted to share the experience with her. She has a 23-year-old son from her previous marriage. When she and I got together, I told her I wouldn't mind paying extra for things here and there until her son was 18 and working or in school so she could take care of him. For the majority of our relationship, he has lived with his father. 
He decided against college or trade school and hasn't expressed any interest in starting to figure out a plan for the immediate future, let alone his, li his life. He floats from job to job, and his father is pretty much the same since the kid graduated. Therein lies the problem. Every few months, they'll call for a few hundred dollars here, a few hundred there, 20 bucks this week, 80 the next. Sometimes it's her son calling for help. Sometimes it's her ex-husband. This has caused her to be short on funds for her plans or things she volunteered to cover on more than one occasion. Her reasoning when it's her ex asking is that since their son still lives with him, she has to help him. I get that to a point. We were supposed to go on a vacation later this month. Nothing major or fancy, just time away. We had agreed to split the cost and all that was left to pay for were the hotels, rental car, and some reservations. Her ex-husband called needing help getting his car out of impound and getting caught up on rent. Their son hasn't been able to get to work without the car because he doesn't want to ride a bike or take a bus. Almost five grand later, they're set, they're set up but my wife told me she can't pay for her portion of our vacation. So I told her I was canceling it. She called me a heartless ass that she's just taking care of her son and we've been arguing over it, but my stance is this. They're both able-bodied adults that keep making a series of life decisions that keep them at a standstill, like quitting jobs over little things, smoking, going out, and her always digging them out of their hole is starting to impact our lives more and more. And I didn't sign up for that. Am I the asshole for canceling our vacation instead of just footing the entire cost myself? To clarify, she contributes 30% of her pay to our joint expenses, bills, utilities, emergency fund, retirement. 70% of her pay she keeps for her personal expenses and to spend or save how she wishes. Dates, vacations, and fun things we choose to do together are budgeted and planned based on what we can afford from our personal funds. Pull that money together, then pay together. Mm. I, mm. Is it just me or I, like anyone else feeling like I need more info? See, for me, it's not, I don't need more info. Well, I, I like... I, I'm feeling like this might have some perspective problems. Okay. From like, because the one that like obviously this is all from the husband's perspective, and I don't know that like because there's a lot of judgments about them. Well, I yeah. get there's a lot of judgments. Well, because yeah. it very much rings like you know these stupid kids don't want to work anymore, and you know. Add on her stupid ex-husband that doesn't want to work anymore, right. and you know they make bad choices, and and it's like okay, but like define quitting jobs over little things, um, and then smoking and going out. Like, what are we talking about here? Like with going out. Well, I get that, but this is what yeah. she would. This is let me give you the scenario. Okay. Okay, we have a trip planned. Mm-hmm. You're taking 30% of what your business takes in. Mm -hmm. I'm taking 30% of what my business takes in. And that's going to pay for our trip. Mm -hmm. Instead of taking the 30% that you were going to put towards the trip, mm -hmm. you turn it around and give it to a family member to take care of problems. Okay. 
So now I'm expected to come up with now 100%. 100%. And he's done that mm -hmm. a number of times. Well, but specifically for things he knew she couldn't afford, right. that he wanted to have, share the experience with her. Right, but not this trip. Right. This trip isn't one of those. It's just we were going to spend time together at a place. Right. It's not like we're going to Tahiti. We're just going to the, the campground in Tennessee. Like, but then I also look at, I get this idea that kids are fully grown at 18 and you're, you really don't need to be responsible for them. And that, you know, then there's the next group that goes, well, if they're in school, you know, okay, fine. Like they're in college, whatever, like help them out till they graduate. Right. And then it's like immediately they're graduated. So you just cut off all support whatsoever. Right. Um, I, I don't think that's really fair to expect of a parent. I think right. there are some people that totally agree with that and they'd be right there. Like you're 18, you're over 18. Mm -hmm. You don't have a job, like tough luck kid, figure it out. Right. I, I really hope that's not the majority of parents because that just never works well. Right. Like we don't, like we have a society still very much built on generational wealth and like how much your parents are able to like build a foundation financially for you right. is often determinant of how well your your kids do on down the line. Right. But this um, is the ex this isn't just the son, this is the son and the ex-husband treating mm -hmm. her like an annuity check. Well, I think more so recognizing her as being in a situation where she has finances versus right. what it sounds like neither of them are really in a position to have good jobs. Right. Which, I mean, again, you can argue that's a choice they made. Right. Um, that, that, you know, I... <sighs> I don't know though. Uh, like talking talking about the idea that you know, like the car had been impounded um, again, probably for a bad choice, um, and on the verge of eviction, I would assume on the rent. Um, that all comes back to me as: Do you really want her letting the twenty three year old move in with you, and or having to take him to and from work, right? And or her buying a car for him. Right. Like and furthermore keeping hmm. it secret from him. Well, it doesn't sound like that was exactly secret. Like he Later knew comments. that she was okay. Later comments. I can't okay. let her know I'm not willing to pay for the trip when I don't know about the calls and how much she sends him until after she's already done it. But effectively he is telling or she is telling him. Yeah, but it's afterwards. Like, this is after it occurred. Okay. <clears throat> okay. It's like me spending, you know, vacation money on Happy Planner. And the order arrives. And you're like, well, how much was that? Well, but at the same time, there, there's a, and again, this is what he had said was the money was hers to spend on whatever she wanted. Right. 
Like I to me, you know, if, if that's the situation I'm under, mm -hmm. um, and granted, yes, that means she went into the additional 30%. Mm -hmm. Um, I think some of which has to do with how bad their situation had gotten. Right. Um, but it, it doesn't sound like he and rightfully, like, right. do not take the wrong version of this. Right. Um, I, I don't think it's appropriate for any relationship to be at this kind of like point of you control my finances and tell me what I can or can't do with them. Right. But like, because I, I partly understand what you're saying. I also kind of get where she's coming from. Right. Is that this isn't like, hey, mom, or, or you know, hey, ex-wife, can I have five grand to like go to the casino or right. like buy drugs? Right. This is like our car got impounded. We have no way to get around, no way to get to and from work. Also, we're about to be evicted. Right. And we don't even have a car to go sleep in. Right. Um, you know, that's a pretty serious emergency. That isn't a serious emergency, but to be doing it every three, because we don't know she, we don't know how, we know that this occurs every three to four months. Well, but what he's saying in terms of the three to four months is like a couple hundred here, 80 bucks here, 20 bucks here. Right. I, I mean... It's not sounding like this is every couple of months they want five grand. Like mm -hmm. they're they're that screwed up, like five grand. Twenty bucks here and there, a hundred bucks here and there, a couple hundred bucks here and there. Mm -hmm. That happens. Right. Like it does. Um, so I can kind of understand, I guess, is where I'm at. Is like I kind of right. understand. I think she got in over her head on this one. Right. And didn't realize, but at the same time, like neither of those situations are good, and both of those could end up, like if she, like if you only take care of one, one way or another, you may end up with this twenty-three year old, twenty-three year old knocking on your door to live with you. Right, and you know I think the twenty-three year old made some bad choices here. He doesn't want to do trade school. He doesn't want to get a certification. He doesn't want to do anything. Other than you're right. from Burger King to McDonald's to Wendy's. And if he doesn't like it, he, you know, does this, does that, quits. Well, but that's the the husband's perspective on it. Mm -hmm. Again, there is a big rift right now between what's considered right. a little thing that people are quitting jobs over right. and things that, no, that's not a little thing. And I think right. it's appropriate to quit a job over it. I find it more horrifying that some of us put up with this shit for decades. Right. And and had a whole careers of it. Right. You know, only to, to basically retire and die six months later. Right. Um, that, no, we, we've horribly mistreated workers for decades. Employers aren't really getting it. Right. And But for some of us, it is so ingrained that this is normal. Right. And so, you know, a little thing like being constantly harassed at work and treated like garbage. Right. No, that's worth quitting over. Right. Like, but, no, I'm there. Right. But she made a decision to take the vacation money, even though it was her money that went into the vacation fund, to help the children. Mm hmm Okay. Cancel the vacation. 
I don't know. I, I think my whole thing is I I gotta go ESH on this one. Everyone's shitty here. Right. I I I'm thinking what really needed to happen is the two of them really needed to discuss this out. Right. And then work together as to like, is this legitimate choices you're making or are you getting suckered in? Right. And really come to grips with is your is your ex husband and your son taking advantage of you, or was right. this like a lightning strike problem? Mm-hmm. And okay, I can accept one time, right? That you you made this choice and we'll go on to vacation, mm-hmm. but we can't do that again. Right. Like the next time, I'm not going to do this. Right. Um, I think that's more so where I would be with it. Like, if, right. if we got, like, boiled all the way through it. Like, if you can talk to me and explain reasonably. Right. Or or we can come to the conclusion and, and you're on board with it. Right. Like, okay, I really got suckered in on this one. And this rabbit hole is getting too deep. And I'm getting in over my head. And I can't keep helping them like this. Right. Um, like, those are two very good reasons Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like because sometimes people do sucker you in like you just end up down a rabbit hole and it's like i don't want you homeless and live you know without a car right like that's a very compelling reason to give someone money i'm gonna be homeless and they took my car right regardless of why you lost your car exactly or why you didn't pay your rent in full um no one i like i have never woke up in my life and really truly honestly wanted someone to be homeless i wanted people to live somewhere not near me right um and we're now like you know headed into to the what third week without a vehicle yeah like it's it's been highly stressful I can't imagine trying to to hold down a W-2 job because it's created enough hell, havoc, and chaos just in our, you know, entrepreneurial world, not having a vehicle. I I can't see looking at someone and, like, bashing them for their bad choices at the same time they're now completely screwed. There's nothing they can do. But there's a problem here. And there's a little detail that annoys the shit out of me. The boy refuses to take a bike to work Mm -hmm. or ride the bus. So he's missing work. Again, how far away is work? Well, if there's a bus system or a bike ride, that would be less than two miles. I would consider a reasonable idea to ride a bike. Okay, but is it reasonable to, like, take a two-hour bus tour of the city? To work a 12-hour shift and take another two-hour bus tour of the city to get home? And or is that even viable? Like, depending upon when you work, some bus systems only run certain hours. Right. If you got to be to work at 5 a.m., most bus services aren't running. Right. It's too early. Again, but he's refusing to do either of these options. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a problem for me. Yeah, well, and again, he's 23, and I think there should be some allowance for 23-year-olds are kind of pompous asses. 
um, who right. would like it a little easier. Right. Um, we were all there. Yeah. We were all there. I don't think anyone was never there. Well, I, like, you, I think we've all been shit there. when you're in your 20s. Right. I think we've all been there. But the thing is, is they, as a unit, do not have the money for a vacation. They don't have the money. Cancel it. Well, but I don't think that's exactly true either. One, this sounds like a much more expensive vacation if she was like, because what I'm getting a little lost on is because I, as well, right. getting a little lost on, um, is the fact that like going through this, so um, what was left for this vacation Mm -hmm. Um, the hotels, rental car, and some reservations. Were those all for, her, like, on her? No. Because that sounds like a couple grand as well. Well, yeah. Like, this sounds no. like a really expensive vacation. Well, you know, you know, some reservations would be dinners or possibly airlines, mm -hmm. hotel fee, and a rental car. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two weeks in a rental car will go roughly $800. You don't want to know how I found that out, but we found that out. <laughs> I think they can guess how we found can, that out. Yes. Okay, hotel for a week, for two weeks. Easily a decent hotel is about another $1,200 a week, so $2,400. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they had planned this out. She took her part of the money and helped out the ex-husband and son. Right. So they don't, as a unit, have the money. Yeah. Uh, my scoff was, don't remind me. Exactly. Um, well, but I'm sitting here going, what, what, what I primarily want to know is, what was her actual portion? Right. And was that legitimately something that it's like, okay, like alternative option is mm -hmm. all right, we'll pull that money out of savings. Mm -hmm. You have to put it back in. Right. Like that would have been an easier solution. Like, I don't right. think you should get punished without, to, yeah. Again, I say this as someone who doesn't get a lot of vacations. Right. Um, like, and I'm talking about over the course of my entire life. Right. I would be beyond pissed. Right. That I helped someone out because they were in need and okay, yeah, maybe I'm a doormat. But to then punish me by taking away a vacation, I would uh, like that's like grounds for World War 3. Like if if there were any way to do this differently. Like I understand if you're living paycheck to paycheck and this was going to be a struggle to go take this vacation. Right. But it doesn't sound like that's anywhere near where they're at. Right. Like, that's where she's at because she keeps helping out her son and ex-husband. Right. I don't think th that OP is in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't think their combined expenses are in the same boat. Right. Um, Like, she as an individual is in that boat. Like, hmm. But they're basing their income separately. They're mm -hmm. basing their expenses separately. Mm -hmm. 
They were both supposed to contribute on this trip. Mm -hmm. She says, I ain't got it. Well, the trip's canceled. I'm just sitting here going, I think there are better ways to handle it. Right. You know, because, again, depending upon how much are we talking, she makes $45,000 a year. Mm -hmm. Um, Would it be something she could put in by the next paycheck? Or something she could potentially have, you know, like, and talked it out before he made the unilateral decision to cancel. Right. Like, maybe if he said, okay, then I don't know what we're going to do because I'm not putting it. Right. Does she come back with, okay, fine, I'll put it on a credit card. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, just I'll whip out the, the Amex and put it on there right. and figure it out. Right. <laughs> Versus canceling the trip. Like, I, I think that was the nuclear option. Right. Um, versus like, tr- I, I think he has a, I don't think it's so much anger with his wife exactly as the fact that she is helping them out as much as he's trying to sound like he gets it right, and understands and he's okay with it. I don't think he is. I think he's thoroughly pissed and he's seeing a good way to teach her a lesson. Well, I think he's thoroughly pissed, but I think he's thoroughly pissed because it's still them it's still taking away from what they could be building. Right. Or more importantly, her happiness. Right. The ability to spend her money in a way that that helps her. Right. Gives her a good life, lets her live, you know, a lifestyle that isn't just going to work to pay for your kid and your ex-husband. Right. Like, but then again, there are some parents, that's, that's their life. That's what they do. Like, they're really great parents that I swear to God, every dime they ever make goes to their kids one way or another. Right. All right. So the poll is up. You guys can vote on it. And Brenda, I I see your correction to the poll. There you go. All right. So on to relationship advice. All right. My partner, male 33, feels like a stranger to me, female 25. I have asked for more, but he says it's too much work. I want to preemptively state to consider that as of right now, we have a one-year-old and I'm newly pregnant with our second child. This fact is important. My partner and I had dated back in 2018. We split up and got back together in 2021. We conceived our first child, our son, very quickly. Our relationship was a whirlwind, but we were happy. We spent a lot of time together and spent no time apart outside of him working. He asked me to stay home to grow our baby and take care of our home, and because we could afford it, I obliged. Up until our son was a month or two old, he was so kind and considerate. He would tell me to take a break and take our son so I could, uh, and he would take our son so I could take a bath or just go shopping for an hour, play a game online. He was so kind. Otherwise, all responsibility with the baby fell on me. He never once had to wake up with the little one outside of feed him his bottle on a handful of occasions or change a diaper. After that, all of a sudden, he grew distant. He started hanging out in his office only, only coming out to smoke a cigarette or to see why our son was crying. I would have to bring him our son to ask for help for a second so I could make a bottle or get him a bath ready. I've asked for an hour off 
uh, this week to spend time with me. Uh, uh, I've asked him for an hour of his week to spend time with me, and he laughs, stating, quote, we live together, so we are around one another all the time. He has financially supported us, and for a while, I thought that was enough, and I was trying really hard to be happy and not feel worthless and unwanted. Yet, whenever I say financially supporting your family is not enough and that we need emotional support, too, he gets angry. He wasn't like this before, and I don't know if it's reconcilable. I feel trapped and have no car. I'm horrified at the idea of creating a broken home for my children. Do you think we can work this out? Am I being dramatic, or should I find a way to leave? I don't think you're being dramatic. I also don't think you need to find a way to leave. I think you need to find a way to restate the sentence that you keep telling him. First off. Mm -hmm. Okay. Financially supporting our family is not enough. He hears you're not supporting us enough. So what's he do? He goes and works more. What's he do? He gets drawn into his office more. He goes into his cage more. He gets drawn in by work stress. He's drawn in by this. He's drawn in. And now you got another one coming. So something's go- happening there. Mm-hmm. Biochemically. All he's seen is debts come in. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts? Um... I don't think you're asking for too much here, so I don't think you're being dramatic. Um, I think you can work it out, potentially, as long as he's willing to to listen mm-hmm. and, and understand what you're actually asking for versus what he seems to keep hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, because it sounds like all he's hearing is criticism, mm-hmm. and that's not really what you're doing. You're just going, I understand you're working really hard to support us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate that. But that can't be all this is. Because, mm-hmm. like, I'm not a prostitute baby factory mm-hmm. that you just hand money. Right. Um, and pay for Right. And our kids are not just a, a, a bill that you get a monthly statement on. Uh-huh. Um, while I and I can understand that, you know, it can be very expensive. Yeah. Depending upon what he does for a living, this this may be, you know, creating a lot of stress that right. you know, he's 33. Depending upon where he's at in his career, there may not be all that much coming in to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a, a very strong possibility. Right. I also think there's a possibility there is a secondary thing going on. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's just not a baby dad. And the reason I say that is, is it sounds like everything was going great till you actually had the kid. Right. Now, I'll, um, give her, I'll give her this suggestion. Every time he comes in, I don't care what he does, give him gratitude. Okay. Because all he's been hearing is not enough. 
Okay. Well, sorry. Man, especially stress men, hear the first sentence you say. Get the hell out of your office and come take care of the baby. Not, <laughs> I'm I'm tired. I'm worn out. I need a shower. Can you please just watch this kid for for like an hour? Right. Which is the other half, or the 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 more mm -hmm. unemotional half? It's right. Like, here's my stated case for what I'm asking for. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm just concerned maybe this is a situation because it sounds like everything was great. They had the kid and then like a month or two into this, like he was checked out. Right. Um, so I'm thinking a month or two in, that's either when the bills started to pile up and mm -hmm. and the stress hit hard. Mm -hmm. Or there's a possibility he's just really not a baby dad. Well, let's do some math here, honey. Mm-hmm. 2021, they got back together. Mm-hmm. Conceived our child, our first child, uh, first child, our son very quickly. So we will say, we'll give him three months there in 2022. Okay. Our relationship was a whirlwind, but we were happy. We spent a lot of time together and spent no time apart outside of him working. Mm -hmm. He asked me to stay home and grow our child. So we'll go seven months into that. So mm -hmm. we're in 2022. So, you know, 2023, 2022, 2023. I don't know what happened in 2020, 2021 to 2022. Yeah, a lot of people started getting laid off, losing their jobs. Fighting for their work. Yeah, fighting to stay out of the office. like because what keeps throwing me and what i think might not be true like what may have been overly optimistic mm -hmm. um was he asked me to stay home to grow our baby and take care of our home and because we could afford it i obliged i'm wondering if something changed there or if he was just really over optimistic about right. how good financially they were Right. And then the longer this is drug on, the more expensive it got. Right. And the more he works to try to cover, the more he works. Because she keeps saying it's not enough. Right. Well, and arguably, if they're a one-car household, mm -hmm. I mean, if he is specifically working at home, I can understand being a one-car household. Mm -hmm. um, but if he's going actually physically into an office... Mm-hmm. Then that has uh, right. uh, that means she's basically stuck there. Right. Yeah, and there's no like qualify or like uh clarifying comments. Well, he hung out in his office only, only coming out to smoke a cigarette or to see what our son was crying. Uh why our son was crying. I would have to bring our son to him to ask for a second. So I could fix a bot, make a bottle, or get a bath ready. Yeah. Well, and so see, that's, that's where I'm also. Home. Well, true. Um, very likely working from home. Either yeah. that, or he's going to an office and right. doing after work work. Right. Um, and but that's why I'm also questioning whether or not he, he's a baby dad. 
Right. Meaning he may be reacting very badly to like the baby right being a baby like there there are some parents men and women and everyone in between mm -hmm. that a, a crying baby hits them the wrong way it, right. it is not what do you need how can i help you let me take care of you right it's shut that thing the hell up and get it away from me right but um like there's this know, rage what, but you know this tells everything for me Financially supporting your family is not enough. He gets angry. You know what he's hearing? You're not financially supporting us enough. Yeah, that's basically, that, potentially the only words he's hearing. That's the only words he's hearing. Because he's probably so stressed out and ready to break down into like fits of anger. Mm -hmm. That it ain't funny. And yeah. I understand her point because it's like when you come home, I'm like, your son has driven me nuts today. Yeah, and I'm like, well, first off, it's your son because I'm tired of him always being my son when he does something wrong. Um, so second, yeah, <laughs> like I always throw that one back at you. Like, uh, uh nope. Yeah. Um, like you don't get to only claim him when he's good. Yeah. Um, but anywho. Um, but no, it's not that I don't understand it. Um, and, and like, I, I very much think this could very well just be the financial component. Right. Um, like I'm there, I'm not trying to argue exactly that that's wrong. That's not it. I'm just questioning whether maybe there's a, right. And then, right. Um, because it seems like he's also very much like distancing. Right. Like, it doesn't sound like he's ever happy to see her and the kids. Right. Or her and the kids, soon to be kids. Right. Um. So, I don't know. Well, again, I think... But then again, if all you hear from your spouse is you're not making enough money, you're not making enough money, you can't just financially support us and, you know, abandon us emotionally... I, yeah, I could also see having a moment of, like, you know... I'm checking out. Yeah. Just, nope, I want no part of this. Like, not doing it. No, thanks. Have a great life. Right. Or let me get back to work. Especially yeah. If it's in, a, in, in an industry where it's like, I can just work. Like, I can just get up and I can work all day and I can work all day and I can work all day and I can crash back down and I'll get up and I'll work again and I'll work again and I'll work again and I'll work again. Mm-hmm. Okay whether whatever that may be in some some fields i mean that may be doing great things for him career-wise right um in terms of you know you don't even necessarily need a job like yours working on network where you could legitimately spend as many hours as you want mm -hmm. on the network mm -hmm. um like just burying yourself in work and taking on more projects and working at the rate of three people right Maybe doing something for his career as well. Or, you know, if he's freelance, excuse me, if he's freelancing, um, you know, I'll take this job, I'll take this job. Oh, she says I'm not doing enough fun. I'll take five more, you know, instead of having 20 clients, I'll have 40 clients. Yeah. Or just the fact of burying yourself in work so you have a legit excuse. Mm -hmm. Again, people do this legitimate right. excuse. I have to work. Right. Um, to escape your problems right 
And some for some people, it's just a way of of exerting control over what they feel is uncontrollable in their life. Right. Like if you can control your work, right? But you can't do anything over here, right? In your family, it looks really appealing to go work your ass off mm-hmm. to to get the 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 uh, emotional reward mm-hmm. of of having control over things and being able to do things right and being the best. Right. Um, versus having to go deal with this problem and why is she angry and why is the kid crying and what's going on? Mm-hmm. What is it now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, I can get that as well. Right. So first, start showing gratitude. Weirdest thing. Changes in news behaviors all the time. Guarantee you. Secondly, don't ask for an hour. Don't ask for an hour. Put the baby down for an hour when you know that he comes out at four o'clock for a cigarette and just go sit down. You're not going to talk. You're not going to start the conversation. You're just going to sit there. And you're going to listen. Whatever he's going on about, you're going to listen. Okay. And instead of telling him what he's doing wrong, tell him what he's doing right. And it can be as little as thank you for picking up the towels yesterday. That was really great for you to clean up after your shower. Be careful how you say it, though. Right. Like, be careful how you say it. Sometimes gratitude can also come across as something else. Right. Which is more like dripping with sarcasm. Like, wow, you picked up the towel. Good job. Let's put a star on your star chart. Um, so be ca- very careful how you phrase well, things. Honest, real gratitude for small things will get you big reactions. It also draws yeah. people in. And listening. Is he complaining about a client? Is he complaining about a job? Is he saying he's tired? Is he saying that he isn't feeling good? Is he saying that he's really worried about where X is going? Mm-hmm. Listen to what he says. Mm-hmm. Just listen. I think those will change this dynamics a lot. All right, so the poll is in and corrected. <laughs> the poll is in and corrected. <laughs> you really got called Brenda out like that? No, I'm just saying because the results are showed into the community. Okay. And no, you are not an asshole for counseling a vacation when the deal was you were paying for it 50 50. Or in some split. Right. And then you can't honor. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, there we go. Right. So with that, guys, we do want to take a moment and thank our Patreons. And give you kind of a rundown on how the week's going to run. Take it away. Okay. Take it away. All right, so of course we want to thank Beverly Walker, Mika G, Kathy, Mary Winfield, Brenda, Shannon C, Shannon D, Lady Gwendolyn, Charles Shaw, Tracy Van, Caitlin Bell, and Devin. If you'd like to learn more about us, the show, or how you too can become a Patreon sponsor and receive all the wonderful benefits our baristas receive, please visit us at pcspnetwork.com. Yes. So... There is coffee and tea on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Um, I believe Sandy's joining me this weekend, this week. 
I think that may be right. Yeah. Okay. So there's coffee and tea. And then Friday night is, of course, our Mountain Bears episode. Where we cover all things rainbow with mm-hmm. a little bit of claw and, and jaded glasses attached. Mm-hmm. Then Saturday, I will be at Beltane in the Hills in Morgantown, West Virginia. It is on my events calendar. Be sure to check it out. Also, Lady Gwendolyn, one of our other hosts, is the one throwing the Beltane in the Hills bash with her magic. One of our strong, longtime supporters. Come out and join us there. You can get a reading. My readings are $5 for one card, $10 for a three card, $20 for a full reading. Yes, we are sticking to those standard prices. We're going to make life fun and easy. And you can also see Techie Joe come up and say hi. You know, all that fun stuff. If I'm not in a reading, I will definitely be glad to give hugs, say hi, and remind you to burn his shit. We not, however, have bobbleheads ready for purchase. No. Not, <laughs> not a bottlehead yet. With that, however, baristas, mm-hmm. if you're coming, please message us and let us know you'll be there because I have something special for my baristas. Yay! Yay. So, with that, guys, we hope you have an amazing week. We mm-hmm. will see... I will see you Thursday. Joe will see you Friday. Good night, y'all. Good night.